Hello and welcome to the Animation Club podcast. This is a Q&A featuring Will Lloyd Cook. Please note that these Q&As were recorded across 2020 and 2021 during the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Goodbye for now. Uh, okay, welcome Animation Club to another live Q&A. So today we have Will Lloyd Cook from Blue Zoo Animations. Uh, and co-hosting today, we have Kian and Aaron from the Animation Club. Hello. So you guys will be asking the main questions. Yes. I'll try and see if anything comes up in the comments. Um, and yeah, so to start with, if you don't mind introducing yourself, Will. Um, and, and Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, my name's Will. Hi, everyone. I'm an animation director at Blue Zoo Animation Studios. Um, I have, I've, I've been, working at Blue Zoo now for about, te- well, coming up to 10 years, so um, doing it for a while. The show I'm working on now, I can't talk about, so it's super secret, uh, so I can't tell you. But um, in the past, I've worked on um, The Adventures of Paddington. I've worked, actually, I've got them all tattooed on my arm. Every show Ooh. I've been, um, I've got a character, I'm wow. sure some breach of IP or whatever it is. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Adventures of Paddington, um, Number Blocks and Gojetters are the most recent shows that I've worked cool. on. Along with um, a few others down here, which you might not have heard of, but um, those yeah. are the most recent ones. Yeah, so that's you? me. Yeah, I was going to say, if you work well, on too much, you'll run out of space. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've got to um, get two more here. So um, I did the second series of Paddington. So I need to get, so I've got Paddington Bear here, yeah. and then I need to get a pigeon for Pigeonton on the second series. And then I need to get another one for the show I'm working on now. So yeah, I've nearly yeah. run out of arm already. Yeah. So you'll have to, you'll go, why did you retire? You ran out of space. Today. That's exactly, yeah. And the other arm and the legs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it through. Um, so uh, you guys have got the main questions, so yep. you can make a start for us. That, um, how did you start your career in, in animation? Um, I get that asked quite a lot actually and I don't actually know the answer um I work with a lot of really talented artists that were like from the age of four they knew they wanted to be an animator or work in the industry and do all this sort of stuff my career um was kind of a hobby that got out of control and um I ended up it ended up being on my job uh so i think how it started was me and my, me and my best mate ollie one of us was going to be the animator and the other one was going to be a graphic designer and we i guess we flicked a coin at college and um i i turned out to be the animator and he's the graphic designer um and then ever since then it's just kind of snowballed and spiraled where um i don't know i've just it just hasn't stopped like i said like I've, I, the more i learned about animation the more i loved it the more i just wanted to be an animator um to now where I get to direct animators, which is um, quite a lot of fun. So I, I really can't answer that question because like, I don't have a great origin story. Like I want to be like a really good, like, I don't know, Peter Parker, Spider-Man origin story, but it's literally, I just like fell into it. And then um, I just haven't managed to get out of it. It's just, I mean, imagine your hobby being your job. That's essentially what, what happened. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Do you still get to animate yourself as in like you, you you're directing other people but do you still get to do the animation yourself i'm trying to step away from that as, as much mm. as possible so uh in the past yeah i would i would be any uh direct the animators as well as doing i don't know 
a few seconds here and there on the side. But um, what I'm trying to do is develop my uh, directing skills where I, I don't, I'm not, where you can, it's easily just, I'll just jump into the, the software and I'll do it for you. But like what's more hard, not harder, what's more difficult is to um, get your vision inside your head into another animator's head. And um, so the other day I was, um, we've got like a cardboard bin and I was jumping around with that bin to try to show like, oh, I want this character to do this. So I use props. Um, we've even got, um, from, from when we were doing Paddington, because I, I, uh, I'm not that good at drawing, but um, from Paddington, I used to put on a, a coat, a duffel coat and pretend to be Paddington on the floor so that I could show <laughs> them how the coat was supposed to move because I couldn't draw it. So um, I find ways of, yeah. Right. Sorry, I'm, that was another like around the houses answer, wasn't it? I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll try to be more direct next time. <laughs> no, 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 don't worry about it. That's the way. And that's very relevant to these guys because these guys are, I think you're very into your reference, reference yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, they like acting yeah. now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. Okay. Who wants to do the next question? Are you gonna uh, so, did you have to have a qualification in art? Uh, which one? Which one? There's a few, um, isn't there? Um, do you need a specific qualification? It's not in art specifically. However, like if you do have a qualification in art, it, it, I guess it would help you get onto a university course in the long one to study potential animation like at a university. However, I've worked with um, animators that didn't go to university. So, you know, I'm not saying you, you don't necessarily need to go to university to be an animator. You can be you can be self-taught, and that's fine. Um, when I was in school, I think I got the highest art level in in my school, but that has no reflection on my on anything to do with me being. I can't draw, so no idea how I managed to get that. But um, I think it must have been painting or something. But um, it's, it's no way an, a. Um, reflection of being a good animator if you can or can't draw it just means that it, it gets you um like you're more suitable potentially for universities if you do have one um i also did a art foundation at my college as well um because i got told by my uni that i had to have it to um go to uni so then when i first started at uni on day one to find out the rest of my class didn't have that foundation so I, I that was a waste of a year but um, i had a lovely time i got a car so there you go um silver lining and everything so i um, know it's not important but it it it, it definitely helps it, it helps yeah um, it was quite good that uh, you, you said something that a lot of people have come up with and i'm really happy when they do is when you say you can't draw i can't draw the, no. the amount of people that come into and want to join animation and say i can't draw though and you, you're trying to say you don't. <laughs> That's what I was drawing yesterday. Those. Uh, <laughs> it's better than me. <laughs> but yeah, um, the animator who I was giving feedback to knew exactly what that meant. So that's the main thing. Yeah, that's it. Communication's key. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. You got another question? Yeah. Um, just before you get to say that one, if anyone, we've got a few questions, but if anyone's watching and wants to ask any questions, I'll keep my eye out for what pops up. Can't they? Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. What's your favourite project that you've uh, ever worked on? Oof, that has to be um, the Adventures of Paddington, um, mainly because it's a it's a really iconic show. It already had um, some history to it, and then Blue Zoo were kind of uh, taking it into to, were modernising it, and um, it felt like we 
were given we were trusted with something which is really important to i guess oh, being cheesy but britain it's like mm -hmm. a, you know it's a lot of iconic iconography associated with london and paddington and then it was now being passed over to to us so it felt really special to do it that way and i was tasked with the job of developing the animation style for it very early on so i had the um the, the, the series directors allow me to kind of experiment and um, come up with my own vision for how I thought the animation should be. And then I had to kind of pitch it to them in a kind of like a Dragon's Den style way of saying this is what the animation is going to be like, and this is how cool it's going to be and blah, 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 blah. And then um, try to then implement that and, and coach the rest of the animation team to, to work on that style. So, and that was quite, that was quite nice. And I felt, I don't know, it, it felt like a really important task that I had been given and I wanted to do, do it right. Um, so I think for that reason, yeah, it was it was Paddington was was probably the best project we've been on. I've worked on, and I think some of the some of the best work that Blues have done has come from that from that project. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of need to shout out the fact that we also won the on number blocks. We were very fortunate to win the BAFTA as a team for best preschool animation as well. So I mean, I think number blocks is really an important show as well because it's teaching kids about maths before they mm -hmm. go to school. So it's a really important generational show. But um, I think it's it's they're different for other reasons. I think there's different for it being like personally important, and also kind of what what effect it has on a whole generation of kids growing up learning maths. But I think yeah, Paddington is a was the, the best one by far. I think. Okay, I really like yeah. the uh, style of, of Paddington. The um, the look of his face is really nice. Yeah, especially it they um, went through a lot of iterations, yeah. uh, lots of different designs to get it to like that. And then I remember. Um, I think at the very early beginning, Paddington used to have a little bit of like white around his eye, so you could do like mm. eye darts and see the whites of his eyes. Uh, and then looking back at early animation tests, it's really creepy having that white <laughs> eye white there. So I'm glad you went back to that like that yeah. bear dot, yeah, and kept it really like teddy bear. We got a question in the comments saying what uh, from um, Emojo. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Sorry if it isn't. He um, says, "What inspired the style of Paddington Bear?" And he's saying it's the most unique shows he's watched. Yeah, it's it really is. So um, I think it's important to sort of differentiate between the artistic style and potentially the animation style. But I'm 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 going to go with um, the 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 question might be more about the artistic style. Mm. So um, with that, we were very conscious of trying to make Paddington feel, feel tactile. And so that his his clothes or the, or the character's clothes felt like they were made in our world and the world in which Paddington lived in was kind of like a doll's house. So that we, if we made a, um, so basically the, the, one of the uh, art directors actually made a little tiny pair of trousers in the scale of Paddington to see what that would look like in our world and then put that kind of that texture, that feeling into, into Maya. Mm. And it was really important that everything felt like that. So um, his bedroom, the lounge, um, if you were, if you were to look at the cities in, in the living room of Paddington, um, they're actually kind of uh, the kind of texture that we would have in our world on our cities, but miniature. So it, it was kind of having that doll's house feel about it. Uh, and we also had some um, hand-drawn 2D stuff in there as well. So if, uh, on wardrobes and on furniture, they were supposed to look like watercolor painting. So we're mixing this kind of different um, looks to it, which made it really, really stand out and different. Uh, and in terms of the animation, yeah, so it has a stop motion feel to it, but um, stop motion, 
is a medium of animation. It's not a style. And that was what was, what was tricky to recreate was uh, the handmade feel to the animation. Because sometimes stop motion can have that wonderful, um, those brilliant quirks where sometimes things aren't perfect and they're a little bit quirky and not quite the arcs aren't so slick there's this little sort of jankiness to them and that's what we had to try to recreate in, in Paddington was um, not make it perfectly smooth animation because if you look at something like uh, Missing Link um, that film that animation is almost too smooth and too perfect that it doesn't even look like stop motion anymore if you look at something like Paranorman and box trolls that looks to, to me more handcrafted, more handmade. So that's what we tried to do was try to make it feel like Paddington was this maquette and we were shaping the rig with our hands rather than using computer tools. So it's trying to get a different mindset that you're using a maquette rather than a rig. Mm -hmm. um, we experimented with, um, so all the facials were done on step keys and um, uh, the, um, the lip sync and all the facial stuff, we tried to recreate um, replacement so in in paranormal they 3d printed out their faces took their faces off put a new face on took the picture took the face off blah 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 we kind of did that in 3d where we had a trays of faces on paddington characters where we had a new mouth shape in in the light in our animation library but each time it is a mouth shape we treated it as a new face to get that kind of quirky feel to, to the face so um that's how we tried to create that sort of hand made feel to the animation rather than the stop motion. I think it's it's important to make sure that stop motion is a medium of animation and not a style. Again, another long-winded answer. Yep. That's all right. All right, yeah. Just, yeah. Give me give me a one one sentence question and I'll talk for hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. So um, before we move on with our questions, yeah. there's another question in the comment and then we'll carry on yeah. with those ones. Uh, so Lindsay, well, um, it's Karis and Fion who are also members of the animation club. Um, they're asking what styles of animation are your favorites and which animated series do you really like stylistically? Stylistically, um, I think one of my favorite films is the Charlie Brown movie, the Peanut mm. movie, um, because it, it does something different with the animation. Uh, you, I mean, then you've got Spider-Verse, which is a completely different um, kettle of fish altogether, which I guess everyone loves and raves about, but um, that's, that's a bit that's a bit much um but i think um charlie brown movie has a really nice charm about it uh spider verse is just cool i mean i'm i'm open to all styles so all the shows that i've worked on they all have different animation styles and um we've kind of done uh episodes or shows which are just on stepped keys so they're not even like on on linear or anything or splined they're just block um so let me go back to my arm so um miffy is another another show that i worked on so miffy is a really cute rabbit and she couldn't really move so that's like you know uh restricted animation is also quite nice and a fun style to do because you have to be more creative and kind of pull out ideas out of the box to tell your story with these characters so um i wouldn't say i have a a, a kind of favorite one stylistically but they all have their, their charms and I'm a, yeah. but, um, I would say yeah the Peanuts one though is kind of it was the, it was the first unique one that caught my eye I'll let you guys ask another right. question yeah. I don't know if I want to ask the next one um, before we go into more comments yeah. what is your job entail? Oof, is this um, should, we, should we pretend it's pre-pandemic <laughs> rather than current um, so my job uh the primary role is to ensure the quality of animation 
across an episode. So I need to make sure that the animation is the best it can be uh, from all, all the animators in, 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 the, in the animation team making sure we're delivering high-end quality animation. So that involves making sure that um, the acting of the, the characters is, is correct and meets their series director's uh, vision. Um, that makes, I'm in charge of making sure the cameras and camera work is, is correct and nicely done. Uh, I need to make sure that all of the, the, the characters move in the correct way and the animation is on style and on staff of the characters and doesn't go off model in terms of posing and facial expressions. I'm in charge of making sure deadlines are hit, <laughs> um, making sure that um, everyone does their jobs on time and does it well. I'm in charge of the crowd team. We have a crowd team on the show that I'm working on. So I'm, I'm making sure the crowd animators get their work done. And again, same sort of it meets all the quality that we need. And then you kind of look at all the other sides to it. So essentially my job is to give feedback to the animators constantly. So you'll always find me where, with my graphics tablet drawing badly over their work and giving back feedback and um, working with them to, to create the best shot possible. And then uh, the other side of the coin is like, you know, I'm, I'm a head of a department. I have to make sure my team are happy, make sure that they're not working late hours, um, make sure everyone's motivated. Um, be that, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the, the big brother, but I'm, I'm the creepy uncle at a wedding sort of thing that is, is always present. Um, I need to yeah make sure that everyone's um, happy. I mean, I, I uh, talk to the directors a lot, making sure that storyboards translate or, or the animation translate from storyboards into layout. Uh, I talk to editors, making sure that everything is the flow of an episode is working. Uh, I talk to rigging to make sure that you know, all the rigs work. Um, all the props talk to modeling we might need props for shows it's, it's, it's a whole big role which feeds into um being an animation director at blue zoo i think there are different um roles in other studios but um we we do we take on a lot of work responsibilities here to make sure that our animators can do what they do best is animate and try to shield a lot of uh, any um pressure from them so that they can do their jobs well. Uh, and that's essentially what we do is making sure that they can do what they do to the best of their ability. Um, we've got a couple more questions yeah. in the comments. I'll go down some of them now. So uh, we've got, how long does it take to create an episode? I'm guessing of Paddington. I think we were talking about Paddington before, so. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we have four weeks to animate the episode. Um, and it's a 10 minute episode, which is very quick, very, very, very quick turnaround. Uh, in terms of start to finish from an episode, I reckon it probably takes about six months from kind of like the initial first paragraph um, through to script, maybe even longer actually, uh, through to storyboarding, through to animation, then to lighting and comping. And then you have to get into music and uh, uh, sound effects. So yeah, it it it, it takes a so let's say eight months maybe to from start to finish. But literally from like concept of idea through to what you see on TV. But we're not working on it the whole time. Um, 
we're making 52 episodes all alongside each other so um everything kind of moves in in four week blocks along a along a schedule so um yeah it's it's, it's a how long is a piece of string really but i would say on average about eight eight months to make make one episode of paddington nice. um but then like say on, on number blocks where we had three weeks to animate an episode um you, you know you're talking like, like five or six months because it's smaller it, they're simple shows um but paddington is a beast so that's why it takes longer he's a bear actually isn't he not a beast <laughs> Um, so Nikki's asking, uh, do you think the work done for Paddington could be used again on another project? I'm wondering if that means the, I don't know, I mean, maybe the setup, the style, the rigging. Um, I mean, it, it, could, it could be. I think there are lots of transferable skills um, which you could take ideas from Paddington or all the other shows and put them into one. But I've always argued that um, you, we need to evolve you need to keep thinking of the next thing um i remember very early on talking to the directors about the animation style of paddington they wanted it all on stepped keys and i was like but we've been doing that for three or four years now and other tv series are doing that now um everyone's copying each other we should be doing something different we need to be doing something different and um, that's how we kind of just we 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 come up with this style um there are little bits and pieces that we added to it, which i think are um bits sort of secretive on in the pipeline but um but i'm always like you know we we need to kind of develop a, a style that is different to what's out there and always try to evolve it and improve on it and what's next like what's what's the next evolutionary stage of this in terms of preschool tv because you know we're always trying to to push push what we can do that's what bluesy does is how can we improve and and be the best we can be well let's try and change the animation style of something you can see that in the show in the show reel and the, and the look of all the different the variety of different um thing there yeah. is a huge variety i mean for example i know i'd heard um i've had my little one watches cbb so i've seen a lot of stuff that's on there but i wouldn't have said that you'd have done uh go jetters and number blocks i didn't realize it was the same same animation company had done both because the style was very different and it yeah it, de it depends what um what series of Gojetters? Because we didn't ah. do the first series; oh, okay. we did the second and third. But I think, in terms of what it is on the iPlayer, it's we yeah. did the the third and fifth series. They got split into two, um, and then with Number Blocks, the first series um, set up to what we did for the second series. Mm. So we we even improved on the animation style in the next yeah. series. Um, so um, we always look at it: what's the next what's the next step uh, in terms of from series to another um there was, oh, you, you said something at the beginning that i was i can't remember what it was now but anyway well, um, <laughs> now my train of thought is gone <laughs> Sorry, okay. uh, so we've got a couple more comments but do you want to ask you the last question on there and then we'll go through the comment okay comments um how do you find like working through like online stuff you know yeah, I, I, in the beginning it was really tough um, because I am someone who is a very I'm a, I'm a big people person uh, in the studio. So you can kind of see these empty desks where there's no one yeah. here. Um, I, when we were when before the pandemic, um, 26, 28 animators were occupying these desks all around. And um, it was so easy to get up and act and give feedback and 
like I would normally just be in my chair spinning around playing there's a bouncing ball over basically I would just be the clown in in the studio trying to like get the acting across or skidding across the floor or something and then instantly the next day your your stage is gone you're not with the people I can't perform I can't be that performer anymore because mm. I haven't got them here I haven't got a live audience and now that all you see is is this in in the screen you can't see what my hands are doing you can't see what my legs are doing so i felt very restricted in terms of how i could direct over a screen but every challenge has ways of overcoming them and over time i managed to develop ways to to get around it so um i now make sure that i i i, I communicate more than i would do normally i send messages more i record videos uh, i try to make sure that you can see me in the screen rather than like being close up because sometimes you can't see what's happening if you're too close um it's it's not ideal but it's adaptable and slowly as we're kind of introducing back into the studio so there's a few animators here it's so much more easier to talk to someone face to face um you get that repertoire you can yeah. basically yeah whatever it's but um it's just making sure that um you, repetition is one thing i normally say the same thing three times th to make sure that it goes in and then i i, I try to speak slower as well uh, unless i get really excited <laughs> about a shot then i i go off on one but, um it's um it hasn't been easy but we managed it um uh i think one of the things which which is a shame is that um for some of our juniors they just haven't met the teams that they're a part of they're all kind of working in their bedrooms and that's that's quite it's it's not well it's sad because they're just we're just not a part of that same uh, collaborative hub that we used to be where there's just creativity bouncing around all over the place that mm. it's it's harder to cultivate that when you're all working in bedrooms so mm. well we were, yeah. when we were talking to chloe and maniza last time uh maniza is a junior animator and she said that she finished university at her desk and she's been working for blue zoo for the last year at her desk so she's not yeah. been into the center so it is yeah. very, it's going to be very nice for it's us a all. shame it's yeah. a shame we're hoping you know we'll, we'll see what um, uncle boris says uh, in two weeks and then um, yeah. hopefully we can start getting more in back in the studio um, right, so we've got some comments. Um, does it, do you guys want to take it in terms of reading the comments? Okay. We're starting from, this is where we've got up to, there's this one here. If you want to, if you can see them, if not, I'll uh, read them out. Um, what, what, what advice would you give someone who wants to apply to, uh, to BlueZoo as a 3D modeler? So uh, what's a good thing to do if you, if you want to um, come and join us at BlueZoo is look at the type of stuff that we produce. Um, so it's just, you're not potentially going to get offered a role if you have a show reel or a portfolio that's got games art or you've got um i don't know swords and knives and castle maybe a castle might be quite cool what we tend to do is, is preschool animated shows so we have um more family friendly modeling type of type of things enchanted forests or, or a, a little cottage or whatever um so i'd say look at what we do first and see if you think your work is suitable um but then again you shouldn't necessarily tailor make a reel for a specific studio because then you're really pigeon yourself whole pigeon pigeonholing yourself into into something um we i mean i'm i i don't know too much about this but um but i do know that we we like um 
rounded corners <laughs> on stuff. Um, we don't like hard edges. We like soft corners. And um, we tend to do shows which have a, a quirky style. Um, so I'm looking at, um, we've got a big poster of Digby over on, on my left shoulder here. And it's there is kind of like a watercolor th feel to the texture of it. And sort of a painted style to the models. Um, Paddington, um their their furniture was kind of made out of um silicon so we had to make sure we had it this resin type of feel to the um to the to the models uh other shows which are done are kind of you know made out of like plasticine so that has a different look if you're making a a, a chest of drawers out of plasticine say that will look different to a chest of drawers made out of silicon or made out of metal sort of thing so we have very stylized shows and quirky looks to them so yeah we don't tend to go for real world modeling that often um so it's normally more stylized for modeling I've also it's i think it's also yeah, it's also important to put topology on your models as well to make sure that you have your edge loops are showing um so that they can see that you know how to edge loop things correctly yeah i think i hope that helps um, i mean if you want to talk about animation port portfolio i can do that all day but um modeling i'm a little <laughs> bit uh bit, bit, yeah hand tied on that one yeah. Okay. Lindsay's asked how many animators are working on a single episode if you have four weeks to make a ten minute episode. And I'm guessing that's for Paddington. Let me do some maths. Hang on. Um, so it depends on what show we're working on. Um, I think on Paddington, we had eight animators over four weeks. The current show I'm working on. I kind of I think we've got six and a half animators over four weeks, um, if, that, if that makes sense. And in other shows such as Number Blocks, um, I had four animators over three weeks. So um, it does kind of vary. Uh, it all just comes down to budget, really, and uh, difficulty of animation and things like that. Yeah. Um, and every project is different. Every every style of animation is different. Everything has a different scope. So um, yeah, but currently I've got six and a half with me on the project one now, and then eight was on Paddington. And then we had four animation teams on Paddington. So that's that's thirty-two animators. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. And <laughs> um, so. I'll do the next one. So do you get a chance to interact with other team members outside of your work? No, oh, sorry, sorry, it's gone. Scrolled up with someone else commented. Hang on. Do you get a chance to interact with other team members outside of your work at Blue Zoo? And they've put like it's pony team. Uh, we do do just not during work time, like down the pub after six o'clock. Yeah, yeah. You'll it's all it's a it's a rugby scrum, it's a free-for-all. You talk to whoever. Um it's just protect like our 3D studio, but let's say pre-pandemic, we had a 3D studio and then we had a 2D studio, which is just over the road there. They they kind of kept to their building, we kept to our building, which, but they are still blue zooers, essentially. Um, uh, it's Pony Crew, um, and I, I used to go over there because it was a nicer building, <laughs> so I just used to let myself in. Um, but yeah, we do do, we just don't tend to um, cross-pollinate. If we're if we're working on Paddington, you're working on Paddington, you, you don't tend to like drift over to do a bit on Paddington, or on Pony, say, like Monday you work on Paddington, Tuesday you work on Pony, it doesn't kind of work like that, you're, you're contracted to your project. But yeah, you get to hang out at, like, at, at work events and lunch times, um, if you bump someone into the pub or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, that's yeah. If we don't tend to dip into each other's projects, though. The next question's from Fionn there. Um, do you have opinions on the best places to study in animation in the UK? Of course I do. Um, <laughs> so I went to Hertfordshire, uh, University of Hertfordshire. Um, I graduated in, well, 10 years ago in 2011. And um, since then, I, I know I'm biased, but um, I think it's kind of widely accepted that Hertfordshire produces students who are industry ready um they work you hard at hertfordshire they um probably make you cry but they make you ready to work in the industry um you get an artist coming from hertfordshire and they're ready they're ready to go they pick up their stuff and they know what they're doing they're competent at it um other stu other universities are brilliant um like bournemouth um they're pretty good but there's just a little bit more of trying to be trying to be nice but there is just a bit more industry readiness from from our, uh, students that come out of Hertfordshire um and there are other universities uh, South Wales is pretty good University of South Wales um I spoke to the lecturer he's he's good fun um there is a studio in uh London called Escape Studios have you guys heard of that yeah there we've had quite a bunch of them they're good um they produce good students as well and then um Teesside had a had quite a few students from Teesside so they're doing some good things up there but um I mean yeah I am biased towards Hertfordshire but um it's just because we you know what you get um if you see like Hertfordshire Bournemouth or South Wales or escape studios or teesside on, on a on a cv you're like well you know what you're getting because you've had we've had 10 years worth of hertfordshire students coming we've had 15 years of bournemouth students coming like we know what to expect and it's, it's only a good thing um it, it does it helps your chances of being employed should i say but um, again it's not the end all of be all it's, it's all about the show reel essentially if you're good enough to be an animator you're good enough it doesn't matter where you've gone it's about the show reel it's just those names on the cv are just helpful but um, at the end of the day, it comes down to how good is that animator's CV? Showreel. Ignore the CV. Showreel. It's all about the showreel. Um, so Emojo is asking, what softwares do you use in your studio? All of the softwares. Um, so uh, we animate in Maya. Um, we are a Maya-based studio. We uh, was it was it just animation software or just all the uh, softwares? They just say they software. Just software. So, uh, just software. Okay, fine. So yeah, we we animate and and render out in Maya. We comp in Nuke. We do dabble with a bit of Blender, but that's more in um, our short form department where uh, that we do commercials. In our like TV production, it's all done in Maya because um, our pipeline is set up for Maya. Uh, now now I'm showing my hand. Um, I think we use Premiere for editing. Um, I think we do a little bit of Houdini for effects. I mean, I just use Maya. I'm the wrong person to ask this. Yeah. Uh, we use F-Track instead of Shotgun, which management, shot management software is never fun. Yeah. So um, either one of them is, is annoying, but yeah, we use F-Track. Yeah. Uh, what you texture in, I don't know if that helps. What do you texture in? Yeah, we, Z, we use ZBrush a lot and yeah. texture in. Um, is it Magnificent Designer as well? I've heard that okay. floating around a little bit to do cloth potentially, where you design, was it hair on that? Um, yeah, my I'm in, I'm in an animated bubble, so all I do is just just Maya. But um, I'm sure down in our commercials department, they use all manner of 
crazy things to get the work done. Um, so Noah's asking, where, what would you say are the main do's and don'ts when creating animation an animation reel for, to show what it tastes like? Here we, right, here we go. I can answer this one. Um, so first off, um, less is more. So it's, it's you're only as good as your worst piece. Uh, it's, it's really easy to, to bring the quality of a showreel down by one thing, one shot. And it's like, oh, that was in there. That's what they're capable of. You only want to show your best work. Um, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to be able to, to like your own work, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's your best work. If you feel sentimental about something because it's your first piece of animation you ever did, um, five years ago, that's fine, but you're five years on now, your work's going to be better. So make sure it's your most up-to-date work in your showreel. And the idea is that you kind of replace things with time. If you do something better, you replace it. You replace it with something. So just don't, I think it's called kill your babies, which is a horrible term, but like just, just because you're really, you're, you're, um, you, you did your first piece of stop motion or whatever is, that's fine. But like, I need, we need to see your best work. It has to be the best. Um, I would say on average, um, three to four shots in a showreel is plenty. Any more than that, and it's just like filler, really. Um, showreel shouldn't be no longer than a minute because a recruiter will not watch your full showreel, to be honest. They will only watch your showreel if your first piece of work is good. So you have to put your first, your best piece of work has to go at the front. You have to get the recruiter to be hooked. You have to draw them in. If they're waiting for your best piece of work at the end, they're not going to wait to watch it. You have about eight seconds, probably less than that, to make your make the person watching it want to watch it. If you don't hook them, that you're not going to get a job. You need to make sure the best piece of work is like a sit up, bang, look at me moment. It's really ruthless, to be honest. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess you get quite a lot of. We, we do get a lot. Yeah. Um, so ideally, you have an acting acting shot, which would be full body acting with lip sync, so that we can see character performance. There would also be um, a pantomime acting shot, so full body acting with no audio, just kind of telling a story with your body. Uh, an action shot is quite nice as well, but you don't have to have one. An action shot is quite cool. And then um, if you've got all those, if you've got those three and a combination of those three, that's good for a fourth. I mean, something with a camera camera cut in is also quite nice as well to show that you know how sequences work together and uh, solid body mechanics is a must um, a recruiter needs to know that you know how to move a character from day one if you haven't got good body mechanics um, you're not going to get an interview um, so yeah so I hope that hope that question was was, was useful what's the competition like for the employment in animation I think it's good at the minute because you've got loads of online streaming software uh, companies, you've got broadcasting companies on TV, all looking for content to um, sell to people and to their kids to watch. So, I mean, lots of jobs out there. And now that the um, the world is kind of slowly opening up again, there's more productions ramping up. There's always, there is always competition with any job, really, if you kind of look at the current climate and stuff, but there are jobs out there. So, um, it's it's it is competitive but it's achievable uh i mean <laughs> i managed to get a job so everyone can <laughs> if i managed to do it so there you go <laughs>
right, I think we've run out of questions on there at the moment. Have we got any other questions you guys have thought of while we were? Not really. No. no. We're coming to. I, um, I'll just. Well, we'll give it a second in case any other ones come in because there's a bit of a delay, so they might just be like that. Um, but we um, just while while I, oh, where have I disappeared to? <laughs> yeah, you turned yourself oh, off. Yeah. I've gone. Can you still hear me? Okay, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So uh, yeah, so no, um, if it's okay, we'll start wrapping up in a moment then, because um, uh, we've had forty-five minutes. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much for talking to us. That's all right. Really nice. And um, for anybody that's watching, we do have. Um, all right, Fionn says that the showreel info was fab. Thank you. Uh, Fionn has watched like every single video on on the website so um oh, that's cool uh, you've got a super fan there i think <laughs> um but yeah um no it's been really great really really good information in there and things and um yeah it's been really nice to speak to you uh, for everyone that's watching we do have another q a happening at five uh with justin rash who is a stop motion animator uh, and i think he does a bit of motion capture and things as well but he's a director artist and so we're going to be back here afterwards you guys won't be but um but it'll, it'll just be me and Fred. The void. <laughs> Not the void, but um yeah so anything else before we uh, um, I've, uh, no? I've got no more questions yeah brilliant well uh oh yeah what what's it like what's like the, the area you work in what's it like there like the studio yes that one studio um <clears throat> i mean uh, so <laughs> imagine this used to be full with animators so it's just rows and rows of desks all over the place and you're going to get a close-up of one of our lead animators and there he is <laughs> there's a digging poster yeah and then rows of desks there so it's it's, wow. it's kind of like a computer lab where just loads of computers um and then we've got uh so this is the second floor and then there's the third floor and then the first floor so three floors all similar like this the ivy over there um that's fake we haven't like <laughs> gone into a post-apocalyptic world where the building's been taken over by plants but um it's it's do you know what it's fun um it's really um when this was full and then you had your animation team sitting in their teams it was really creative really collaborative um it's very quiet when you walk in because all the animators have the headsets on animating away yeah. but what you don't realize is how much communication actually does happen like they're typing all the time to each other but they're all whispering to each other at their desks like sharing ideas and at lunchtime it gets really loud because they're all pent up with conversation it's really nice um getting up and acting with other animators feeling out ideas and that's you know there's a there's a space here where you might have someone pretend to be paddington skidding along the floor knocking over some skittles or something like you stand up and then there's someone there pretending to be i don't know a snowman falling off a cliff i don't know literally you just have these weird episodes happening with these weird things happening around you at some point and then you have the two directors normally in the corner who argue all the time loudly but like it's like professional arguments it's like yeah we could do this no nah, you could do this Rah! and then the producers and production managers in the middle of it just kind of like god keeping quiet so um it is it's it's a shame we can't all be in the same room but like you know there are days when it's just like wow yeah but like i said my, my hobby turned into my job and it's quite fun that way um i mean i've got lego tattoo uh, on my arm so i love lego and um as as a kid i was playing with lego and then as an adult i got paid to animate on 
um, Lego adverts. So it's just like a full circle. My hobby became <laughs> my job again, kind of thing. It was, um, yeah, really, really nice. We got a bit of a dangerous question there. Do you get paid well? I mean, I've got a mortgage, so I'll yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's I mean, seriously, question though, it is a career. You can make a career out of this. Uh, you can um, have a start a family. You can buy a house in in this. It's not like it's it's not thrifty. It's it is a well paid profession to be in. Um, and I think uh, because we are in a TV studio, we do have lower budgets. There are the bigger film studios have you know higher paid jobs because there's more at stake kind of thing so um yeah you can have a have a very long career working here and and fund yourself well i've got one more question yeah. uh do you accept international applicants the coronavirus has made it more difficult to accept international applicants um it depends where you're from because um we have now kind of we are now able, because of remote working, we are now able to have a further reach in terms of what artists we can employ. Mm -hmm. Time zones just make it a little bit more tricky. Um, I mean, I, th I, th I think we've got, we've got someone working in Iceland. Um, I know there might be someone from Canada who works mm -hmm. like off on shifts sort of thing. Yeah. Um, someone working in Burma. But um, I think in terms of bringing people into the studio, we can't really do that at the minute that's kind of been put on hold but um it all depends on uh roughly where where you are but we, we do we do consider it now but very we have a smaller um net i guess of what what we can um uh accept from international applicants okay. um yeah i think my yeah, question turned on um uh, so yeah again thank you very much for speaking to us um and thank you guys for uh, for hosting it's been great. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, I'll go and click off live now, so we'll we'll end up in this group. Um, so anybody else that's watching, you're welcome to join us again in about ten minutes to join us with Justin Rash. And thank you again to uh, to Will. Oh, oh, oh one more question. Uh, oh, Fionn's asking. Oh, do you want to ask it? Because I'm. I'm also wants to ask if you can say. Thank you to whoever JJ yeah. is at Blue Zoo because they I can't read. They, they, <laughs> they give a good feedback on her animation that she posted to the Yeah UK Club. JJ. She said whoever JJ is, they gave her some good feedback. So. Was that just the initials or is it like a, an um, alias? JJ. JJ. Who's JJ? J. Okay, I will find that person out. But yeah, well, say thank you from uh, Superfan, Fion. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Fantastic. We'll let you get on. And, uh, yeah, see you all in a bit. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Q&A podcast. We would like to thank Will Lloyd Cook for speaking to us and the Animation Club for their hard work. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Goodbye.